Hey guys, welcome back to this episode of Better Than Before. I am your host, Dr. Brian Burnett, and I am here to educate, motivate, and inspire you to live your best life and to be better than before. Guys, I am super excited about our very first guest on this show, uh, four-time world champion in the Scottish Highland Games, Dan McKim. Dan, how are you doing? I'm good, man. Thanks. It's good to be here. Yeah, thanks so much for uh, coming on to the show. And uh, I'm excited to uh, talk to you today and pick your brain uh, on the Highland Games and, and lifting. Uh, I could talk about this all day long, so uh, just stop me whenever you need to go. <laughs> all right. All right, Dan. Uh, well, tell me a little bit about yourself, uh, about where you, where you come from and your upbringing and how you got into lifting and uh, doing the Highland Games. Yeah, well, I, I hail from a very small town in North Missouri called Maryville. It is uh, most most notably known for its football, Division Two powerhouse. Now basketball too. They've won a national championship two of the last three years. But I was a thrower, right? And so I grew up in. A, I've got two brothers, my mom and dad, and we just grew up doing every sport that was around. Uh, but I fell in love with lifting actually with my dad. Uh, he used to take us boys on especially on weekdays and even Saturdays, take us to the gym where he'd go lift with his buddies and we would just kind of mess around, you know? And, and so first love, got the love for training from my dad. And uh, from there, high school, then went to college at Northwest Missouri State, was a thrower. And I quickly decided and learned that I was not going to ever make it in the Olympics. <laughs> so I had to do something else, man, you know? So I was staying up late one night in college. I'm sure I was, you know, studying super hard. Those uh, communication degrees are really, really tough. And <laughs> as you know, as a, as, a, as a man who's done a lot of schooling, <laughs> and uh, I, I saw these Scottish Highland games on ESPN2. And I got, uh, my wife and I got married and moved down to Kansas City. And, and I gave it a go and I just fell in love with the sport, man. It's, it's been pretty amazing. Yeah, that sounds very similar to my story and just my passion for the Highland games. Uh, I've always, you know, as a kid, when I think I was seven years old, um, I saw uh, an ad on TV for uh, Commando, Arnold Schwarzenegger's movie Commando, and I begged my parents to let me stay up late so I could watch this, and they let me stay up, and I, from that point, just seeing him chop down that tree and just kill all those guys, I was like, man, I want to be just like him. So that kind of started my my passion for you know lifting weights and just wanting to be a big guy. And then uh, you know I played football in high school, and my buddy I played right guard. He was a right tackle. Uh, he was an all American, six four, three fifteen, just a huge guy, full beard in like ninth grade. Like, <laughs> he's also he's the best shot putter in, in the state. So he. Uh, said, hey, why don't you come out on uh, the off season, throw shot put with me? And I just, I wasn't the greatest thrower, but I, I really just had a passion for it. And at the same time, somehow I got invited to a Highland Games clinic to learn how to do uh, throw, do the Highland Games. And this was in Jacksonville, Florida, in 1999. And uh, I went out, and I, this is my 21st year competing. I've done at least one game for over 20 years. And this wow. is this is technically my fourth decade throwing, so that makes me That's feel really old. Um, but I, I now, love when you were 
So in '99, I mean, you were in high school. Did you throw then too? I did. Yeah, or I was. Did... I was 17. Okay. Uh, so that's when I far, first started throwing, and, and then I I went to Florida State and uh, threw shot discus and hammer there. Wasn't very good at shot discus, but fortunately uh, was a decent hammer thrower, and that translated really well to the Highland Hammer. So always been yeah. one of my, my favorite events in the Highland Games. Now, when you were 17 throwing in the Scottish Highland Games, did you guys throw the heavyweight? Because, yes, I mean, I, I didn't I was terrible. I didn't throw it until I was in my 20s, so that's, it's a brutal event. Yeah, it is. I think, I think the first time I threw the 56-pound weight for distance, I think I threw it 15 feet. so and and it's still a tough event for me i've never been a a huge guy and right now i'm about 245 250 um so which is the biggest i've ever been but definitely a tough event so speaking of of the events which one is your favorite (laughs) well i probably should say the hammer Uh, i've always loved the hammer and i was fortunate enough to do well in that event especially but man and I love the the caber toss. It is it is it is my favorite event. It's usually around lunchtime, where the biggest crowds are, and that's the thing that everyone comes for. You know, whether you watch whatever sport, uh, sorry, whatever show or movie you've seen that references the Scottish Highland Game, it's always the caber toss. That's what people know, and that's what people recognize, and that brings out the biggest crowd. And so I always tell people, if you do nothing else. If you ever want to be invited back to another competition at this games, you want the athletic director to notice you. He's not going to necessarily care how far you throw the stones or the weights or the hammers, but doggone it, if you can turn a big caber, he will invite you back. <laughs> when I first turned pro, I really struggled in the weights for distance, especially. They were really low compared to all the other pros, but I worked my butt off to throw the caber well, and a lot of athletic records man, we want to have you back. You turned that challenge caber. That was great. And I'm sitting there going, dude, I was like fifth place overall. I wasn't even, <laughs> like, I didn't even hit the podium and you want me back, but he, they want me back because of the caber. And that's what the crowds and that's what the sponsors know and that's what they want to see. You are absolutely right. Everyone loves the caber, and unfortunately that's my worst event. <laughs> oh, no. I'm terrible at it. This year I, I wrote down my goals at the beginning of this year I was writing down how far I wanted to throw each event. I wanted to throw the open stone 40 feet and throw over 30 in the heavyweight. And when it came to the caber, I said, just turn one freaking caber. And if you just turn one freaking caber, I'd be happy. And uh, I'm happy to say I've turned two cabers so far this year. Uh, Although they they may may or may not have been girl cabers, but hey, I still turn them. (laughs) The, The crowd doesn't know. That's right. They don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a tough event. I, I've never been able to figure it out, but you're absolutely right. It is impressive to watch someone turn a big 20-foot caber. Um, yeah. So that's awesome. So when, when what year did you start doing the games? Man, I started in 04. I was, in a, I was an amateur from uh, – started out in 04, man. Just literally I called up a guy. I said, hey, man, I heard you're the guy in the KNC area that does this. I want to throw. What do I do? And he said, why don't you just come out? And I was like, no, 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 man. Like, I got to practice. I got to do these things. He's like, no, just show up and see if you like it, which has been great advice, right? So I showed up, sleeved shirt, shorts, didn't even have a kilt, and absolutely fell in love with it. I was super humbled by it. 
you, you think it's, oh, it's, like you said, you know, it's like, oh, it's like throwing the uh, shot put discus or hammer. And you kind of learn they're different. <laughs> they're not the same. They're very different. So I got helped by it, but uh, I loved it ever since. Absolutely. So how long did you do the games before you got good enough to turn pro? I turned pro in 2007. Towards the end of the career, end of the season, I was a an amateur from 04 to 07. Oh, wow. Number one amateur in the uh, in the world at 07. Made the jump, and uh, man, went from there. That that's pretty quick. Three years as an amateur. I I think it took me three yeah. years to move from B's to to win my first game and move up to the A's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it was it was a quick it, it was fairly quick but like I said it, you you started when you were seventeen so you think about how humbling that I can't imagine how humbling the events would be as a seventeen year old yeah. I remember being seventeen and thinking I was you know strong yeah. and this and then you go to the Scottish Highland Games and you're throwing a massive caper of the fifty six yeah. That'll hum you, man. You always get these big bodybuilders and powerlifters that come out there that think that they can just dominate it, and then they're the ones that get dominated and humbled by these events. (laughs) Spinning with a 56-pound weight is not like deadlifting four or 500 pounds. No. It's totally different. Um, Yeah. So where all have you been and traveled around the world uh, with doing the Highland Games? Man. It's been it's been something. It's opened up doors that I never thought I'd have possible. Especially like you said, traveling. So I've traveled over all over the U.S. and see. I feel like the East, the North, the South, and the West. I've been to Alaska. I've uh, been there multiple times. Competed in Scotland. I think three times. I wow. competed there three wow. times. Went to France, Holland, um, man, into Canada. I've been been a lot of cool places. That's that's amazing. Um, what, if you had one or two games, what is your favorite game of all time? Oh man. Hey, I would have to say the Celtic classic, which is the pro U S championship simply because, uh, and don't tell the other athletic directors I said that, (laughs) (laughs) but the Celtic classic is amazing in a three day weekend of Friday, Saturday, Sunday, there'll be over 150,000 people that come through that gate. Now, you, Brian, as a throw, understand, what was high school, what were the crowds like in high school and college throwing for Uh, you? You maybe had your mom out there watching (laughs) you throw, your mom and your dad. Right? Right? Mom, dad, maybe some siblings, grandma, if she she felt like it. Right. Right? And so take that, contrast that to the Celtic Classic where there's not 150,000 people on watching you at one time, but you know, throughout the whole weekend, there's going to be just this constant crowd of a couple thousand people just watching you, cheering on, cheering you on. Not only that, when you go there every year, they, what's kind of cool on that is they have a sponsor. They have a single sponsor per, per throw. So a lot of, you know, your, your events, you'll have shirt with like 20 sponsors on it. Well, this one, if you came, Brian, it would be Brian. You are sponsored by, let's say, uh, the local the local cable channel was usually my sponsor, RCN. So RCN is your sponsor. There's going to be a big logo on your back, and they're going to have they're going to be sponsoring you all weekend. And so these sponsors get to know you. The crowd there super engaged. 
They know standings, they know placings, they know distances, and they know you every year, and they want to take pictures with you every year. Wow. It's, it's, it's incredible, man, because they love the sport. There's always a crowd. There's people that show up early and reserve seats, which that never happens at throwing events, right? <laughs> <laughs> so the Celtic Classic is, is my favorite. It, it's an incredible time, and it's super cool people to put that on. That sounds amazing. And that's in Bethlehem, PA? Yep. Yeah, I remember I've seen that on ESPN uh, when I first started doing the Highland Games in high school. I I recorded it and I would watch it over and over. I remember watching Ryan Vieira and all those yeah. guys back in, in the late 90s, early 2000s. And I would just watch their throws over and over and over. And, and that's how I learned a lot of, um, you know, how to throw in the Highland Games. Uh, that's yeah. awesome that you got to experience that. Uh, well, what are what's some highlights uh, of your career in, in throwing uh, in the Highland Games? What's some of your greatest memories? Man, some of my greatest memories involve Celtic and Classic, um, winning my first national uh, first national championship there. It came down the last throw, winning that. Um, which then gave me my invite to uh, my 2011 first world championships. I think of the 2015 world championships in Bressoire, France, where it came down to the last event. I had to clear a height to win the national, win the world championships, and I did it. Uh, but what was cool about that one is we threw in the courtyard of a thousand-year-old castle. Wow. Okay. So yeah, you think of this castle was essentially older than our country, right? <laughs> in terms of our organization of our country, and the hillside was full. There was over seven. The first day, there's over seven thousand French people there, screaming and yelling. And like we talked about, no one comes to watch the throwers, but they are intense. The announcer is talking in in France, you know, in French. You can't, I can't understand him other than he says Damien, you know, <laughs> like oh yeah, Viva la France. You know, I didn't know anything what was going on. But they were intense, and it came down to the second day. It started to downpour. Everyone left. felt like a real throwing event because there's no one there, right? <laughs> it was just the competitors and the and the judges and such there. And it came down to the last event in pouring rain to win the world championships. Pulled it off. Wow. I think of I think of that, and I think of even Celtic Classic when I finally hung up the kilt and when I retired on the last caber toss of the second day. All the competitors walked down. And they all at one time carried and raised the caber up to me as one last throw before I, you know, before I ended my career. And that was, that was super cool, man. I mean, oh just, my gosh, and it, they handed off guys, pat me on the back, saying, you know, saying whatever, you know, wish, giving their well wishes to, to my retirement, I guess, if you will. So wow. that was a pretty emotional time, but it was very I'm very, getting very cool. goosebumps just uh, visualizing that that image right now. Uh, wow, what a what an amazing experience! Very cool. Well, what I mean, I I watch you on Instagram and uh, all your videos that you post, and, and you're still putting up some some heavy weight and still lifting a lot and, and training. What made you decide to hang it up and, and retire from the Highland Games? Yeah, man, that's a good question. I think. Man, mostly it was it was for my family. My wife and I have five boys, and I just needed to, I just needed to be done. Yeah. And I think of it's not just the the competition. You know, I was when I was at my peak, I was throwing um, 
peak in travel. I was doing 18, uh, 18 competitions a year, so I was gone 18 weekends out of the year. But mostly it was the practice, yeah. right? I'm not, I've never been the biggest. I've never been the strongest. I'm definitely not the most athletic and not the best technical thrower. But I feel like what I was able to do, God blessed me with a stubborn head that allowed me to just try and outwork people. So Work harder than anyone else. What's that? Work harder than anyone else. Yeah. I, and it, I, I don't know how to say that. Just the man, I just had to. I just. And so I think what was hard for me towards the end of my career was that I knew to keep at my level I wanted to keep at, I'm going to have to keep doing that, which is putting in thousands and thousands of throws. I can't imagine how many throws or how many thousands of hundreds and thousands of hours I put in the field just working on it. And so at that point, maybe I was only doing six competitions a year. I'd really tailored off and I was only doing the, the big ones now. But I was still practicing hardcore three, four, five, six days a week, you know, one and a half to two hours every time and training and traveling. And so I was just one of those things went, man, where I just needed to needed to be done for yeah. family and spend more time at home. Well, I can and definitely uh, respect that and sympathize with that. You know, when I was hitting my peak throws you know, my mid late twenties, I was lifting every day. I was throwing, you know, two or three times a week and I had gotten pretty good as an amateur, you know, top 50 in the country. And, but when I looked at that gap to go to top 10 amateurs or even to go pro and I was like, man, I'm already spending so much time training for this. Like, I don't think I have the capacity to go to that next level. And that's when I, I realized that I wasn't going to make a profession out of it, that this is something I just love and I just want to do for fun and, and be as good as I can be. And, and I yeah. still do. You know, I love doing the games and uh, my throws aren't quite what they used to be, but I still love going out there and giving it my all and, and you know, trying to improve on where I'm at right now. Uh, but I can certainly understand, you know, as with a family like yours, you know, five boys, uh, you know, all the time traveling and, and training uh, definitely takes a toll. And I, that brings me to my next question, because I know, you know, following you for so many years that you are a, a big family man and that your faith is, is a big part of, of who you are. Uh, tell me a little bit about that, because I know that you always do like uh, in the competitions, you do like a prayer service on Sundays and I know that your faith is, is a big part of who you are. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. No, I, that was one thing I always wanted to do. When I felt like in college when I was throwing, man, it was too much. It was about me, not about my, not about God. And, and so I wanted to make that different when I was throwing in the Scottish Highland Games. And so that's why every Sunday we compete, I always offer a Bible study, uh, time for anybody to come. Now, I'd love to tell you that it was packed every time, and you know, I just everybody came out of the woodwork to come. But there was there was many a Sundays where it was by myself. But that's okay. that's okay, and because God didn't call me to uh, be a big time evangelist and bring all these people in, right? He called me to minister where I was, right. and that was for that Bible study. So with that is I always wore this red shirt, believe shirt. On the back it has Mark one fifteen. Jesus said, "The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news." And my faith has been a huge part of who I am and who who he's who God has made me 
be. And so that had to, it's only natural that that would come out in my throwing. And I wanted that to be a bigger part. That was my goal in throwing too, is I want people to see Jesus. I want them to understand how important he is in my life and not just, I'm out here to kill throwing, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. And I respect that, you know, as a believer myself, uh, I've always admired you. And that's one of the biggest things is, is that you weren't afraid to, to stand up for your faith and, and who you are in Christ. And, and that's, I love seeing that. Um, well, as you've transitioned out of the Highland Games, what have you been doing since you retired? <laughs> Oh, I, I know you stay busy because I, I watch all your, your videos. They, they yeah. keep me laughing every day. <laughs> well, contrary to what people believe, I don't uh, just trade in my garage and make stupid videos <laughs> all the time. Although I like doing both of those, right? Uh, I work for Sornex, and I'm the Midwest rep, so I live in Missouri, and I cover the Midwest area for Sornex, uh, working with uh, high schools, colleges, and pro teams. And even custom home gyms, you know, outfitting and designing weightlifters across the country. It's been a, and that's part of, that was part of it too, right? I had to, I was traveling a lot more work. And so now all of a sudden, when I first started throwing, I had a desk job and I never traveled anywhere for work. So it wasn't that big of a deal. But now that I have, my job is demanding that I travel more. I have travel there and I have throwing. I need to bring this together. So, I'm doing more traveling for work and trying to help coaches uh, find solutions and for their programming in their weight rooms. So yeah, well, I love I follow Sornex. I'm a big fan of Sornex, and uh, one day when I have a, a garage big enough for a, a base camp rack like yours, I'm gonna I'm gonna get one. But um, <laughs> love uh, Bert Soren and his dad. I, I used I've thrown with Bert a couple times before he turned pro and before he retired. Uh, he's a phenomenal thrower himself, and uh, I love seeing all of y'all's gear and y'all's equipment in some of the top uh, colleges and professional teams across the country. Y'all make some really high-quality stuff, and I've always told my, my, my dream is I don't care about what my house looks like, but I just want to have the sickest garage gym there is. <laughs> well, I don't think anyone will have a garage gym quite like Bert Soren. With like a rock climbing wall and like an archery range, <laughs> that. But if I can have one almost like half as nice as Bert's, I, I would be happy. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, tell me a little bit about. I just saw the video you released uh, recently, and if you want to let uh, people, our listeners, know uh, about your website and where to follow you on social media, I think now would be a good time. Yeah. Yeah, my, my website's believethrower.com, and then uh, my social media is McKim Daniel. It's last name, first name. That's Facebook and Instagram. For some reason, uh, Twitter, I couldn't get it that way, so Twitter's the opposite, Daniel McKim, so whatever. But <laughs> I don't really do much on Twitter anyways, but yeah, yeah it's, it's been fun. Well, I love watching all your videos. Uh, they're hilarious. Uh, they make me laugh every time. So guys go check Dan out on his social media. Uh, you'll thank me later. And, uh, I wanted to, uh, before we wrap things up here, uh, I wanted to ask you about your new endeavor and your, your obsession with little Debbie snacks. And now you're actually a sp- you're sponsored by little Debbie. <laughs> 
Yeah, man. I I grew up on Little Debbie Snack, right? Uh, it's oh, funny God. you say that. I actually uh, got a little nutty buddy right here. Um, <laughs> I was on my way. I was on my way uh, to my office to get things set up for the podcast. I was like, oh man, I should have grabbed some Little Debbie snacks. <laughs> 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 when I wanted, I wanted to tell you uh, when I was younger. I have a, a twin brother, and you know we were pretty big kids growing up and we'd go to the grocery store like every two weeks and my mom would let us get two boxes of every single little Debbie snacks that we wanted, which probably not the healthiest thing looking back, but we would have a whole shopping cart just full of little Debbie snacks. <laughs> well, what's your favorite? Um, I'd have to say oatmeal cream pie or fudge rounds. Yes, good yeah. choices. Oldie but goodie. Good yeah. How about you? Which one's your favorite? Man, I think uh, Nutty Buddy and Oatmeal Cream Pie are my two favorites. Nice. Honey Bun is uh, in the top three as well. Yeah. Pretty good. I was going to say Honey Bun. Definitely top three. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you manage to get a sponsorship with Little Debbie's? Yeah. Well, last year I program. Uh, it's funny. I'm wearing the shirt Dead Simber, right? So it's uh, the month long of pulling deadlifts. And last year, I guess, well, in 2018, I I kind of started putting it in as part of the programming just for fun, little Debbie's. And I grew up on little Debbie snacks, and I love little Debbie snacks. And so it just kind of caught on, and people started just having fun with it. And I think it turned some people on to realize, wow, little Debbie's got some good stuff. And so they started eating it. Well, next thing you know, <laughs> Instagram, the people, my followers on Instagram started hitting up Little Debbie and saying, hey, you need to sponsor this guy. You need <laughs> to get make an ambassador. What we got to do? Until finally, Little Debbie said, hey, man, you got to, we got to figure this out because people will not let us alone. We need to talk to you about being an ambassador. <laughs> and so one of my followers on Instagram is actually the nephew to Little Debbie herself. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And so he actually, he messaged me and said, hey, I'm going to reach out to, I'm going to talk to my aunt and we're going to see if I can help push this along. And I was like, little Debbie, what, what? Like, you kidding <laughs> me? This little Debbie. So the, the marketing team then came to me and said, hey, we have to do something because between everyone on Instagram and little Debbie herself, we all feel like you would be a good fit for us. And I said, little Debbie herself. And he said, yeah. She's got an office down the hall, and she always tells us, ah, this this McKim guy, I like him. He seems like he's a good fit. We need to do something with him. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. So, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love so, it. I know. Like, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a fanboy type, but if little Debbie suddenly is no recognizing me, then that's awesome, right? So she uh, she she helped push that along. and So, yeah, I'm an, I'm an official ambassador, which – that means they send me some some snacks occasionally, and we talk about uh, different things we can do. And then they let me uh, sell Little Debbie merchandise on my website. So it's pretty fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, <laughs> I definitely get a kick out of. I, I did the Dead Simber this year for the first time, and I've, I've done a couple of your other programs. And I always get a laugh out of the uh, for the cool down at the end. Uh, you know, uh, a glass of milk and some oatmeal cream pies. So <laughs> yeah. perfect way to end a good deadlift workout. 
That's right. <laughs> and you have some uh, programs that you've designed yourself that you have available on your website? Yeah, I've got uh, a few out there. Dead Simmer went so well, and people just I – didn't, I didn't do anything with Dead Simmer in terms of – it wasn't some magical program. It's just that people just really got after it. And so uh, people started hitting me up and saying, I want something else. I want some other programming beyond Dead Simmer. So I put some funnels out there. Bench Mode is – one that you can bench all month. Uh, I've got Jack Jack Street Boys. And <laughs> I think I, I think that's the Everything. next one I'm going to do. Is the Jack Street Boys? Yeah, <laughs> guys, uh, go check out Dan's website. It's Believe Thrower. Yep, BelieveThrower.com. Uh, he's got some great workout programs. I've done Dead Simber. I've done his Bench Mode program. Uh, unfortunately, on my PR party day, uh, I went for 350 and, and tore my pec. Uh, that was not fun, but I'm all healed up from that and, and back on the bench. Uh, I recently just finished the hammer behemoth workout. Uh, so some good programs there if you want to get swole. Um, well, Dan, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Finishing up here, I want to ask you one last question. You know, now that you know you're not competing in the Highland Games as a pro, you're not going to World Championships. What is it that wakes you up every morning, gets you out of bed, and drives you to be better than before? Mm, that's a good question, man. I think what drives me to be better than before is what God has instilled in me. And that's honestly that God wants me to be a better man, a better husband, a better father every day. And so I've got to get up and I've got to do those things and I've got to decide those things. So for me, part of that is physical strength. Uh, I still love to train and I've got to get up. I've got to get out and be better than I was before, better than better than before. And honestly, it's it's for my kids, my wife. It's for those around me. It's my friends and my family. I owe it to them and I owe it to God to try to be better than I was before. Absolutely. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. You are a true inspiration and it's been a pleasure having you on the show. And I can't wait to uh, continue to follow you and, and continue to laugh at all your funny videos. <laughs> Dan, thanks for so much for coming on and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Brian. All right, take care. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this show. And uh, if you did, please uh, be sure to uh, like uh, this podcast and share with your friends and family. And make sure you subscribe uh, to our podcast on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts so that you can get all the latest episodes as they come out each week. Thanks, guys. Get out there, hustle, work hard, and be better than before. I'll see you soon. Hey guys, Dr. Brian Burnett here, and I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. It really means the world to me to have your support. I hope that you will uh, follow our podcast and share it with your friends and family. And right now, I want to share with you something exciting uh, that I've had in the works for quite some time. It is an online mobility course that I am creating for athletes and weekend warriors alike that's going to help improve performance and prevent injuries. This is a four-week mobility course that you can do at your own pace, at your own home. Right now, I'm working on the content creating this program, but if you're interested and you'd like to learn more about this, please contact me on one of my social media platforms, or you can email me at bcburnett77 at gmail.com. 
Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast. I hope that you'll share it with your friends and family. And don't forget to follow me on my other social media platforms, Dr. Brian Burnett on Instagram and TikTok, Brian Burnett on YouTube, and Brian Burnett Chiropractic on Facebook. That way you can stay up to date on all the content that we're putting out there. Thanks, guys. Have a happy, healthy day. And keep working hard. Keep hustling. Stay better than before.